Welcome to another episode of Lean Into Trauma, where we can talk freely about the uncomfortable details that make us who we are today because all of you is welcome here. My name is Shamber, and I'm really excited about today's artsy guest, Patricia Gazar. Patricia is a published author, speaker, and the founder of Write the Truth Productions, a born storyteller. She uses her imagination as a means of escaping depression, creating new worlds, and exploring complex ideas. She creatively addresses controversial topics plaguing our generation through her video essays and her online blog. She's passionate about serving others, dedicating her earlier years to disaster relief and working with human traffic teenagers in central Ohio. She also owns the Gulzar Properties, a nonprofit real estate organization that provides affordable housing for all demographics stuck in the wealth gap. She even has released a fictional book where the stars hide now available on amazon without further ado let's welcome to the show the super talented patricia how are you doing i'm doing great thank you so much shamber yes i'm super excited i've heard just wonderful things about you and you're just like so talented so i'm super excited to have you on here I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for putting this out and, you know, creating a space for uh, people to, you know, listen in and a good place for Christians to kind of like, you know, you know, a place for us, you know, to yeah. to listen about other different things and be encouraged. Yeah. No, it's it's honestly been really interesting because when I originally started this podcast, definitely didn't see it going quite this route. I was like, oh, let's just see if this works. And it's been so interesting talking to people who are Christians or people who have no faith that are like, wow, yes, we need to talk about trauma more. Like that's such a avoided topic or like, how do we heal from trauma? Right. Because we can't just put on a smile and put on a facade, right. It doesn't work at all. Yeah, Uh, absolutely. Yeah. The power of story is just, I love it. Um, I always have a practice of asking my guests, what has been the highlight of your week? So that's really cool that you asked that um, because I typically am a homebody. I don't typically like to go out too much. I usually go to work, okay. I come home, I chill. Um, and, you know, typically I think your life, you know, when you're out and about, that's usually when things are happening. So yesterday I did have an interesting thing that happened. Okay. I decided I'm off for the rest of the year on vacation. Um, and so I went to Starbucks because I'm working on my Nets book. Um Ooh. Yeah, and uh, I went to Starbucks because I wanted to get out of my environment because sometimes I get too comfortable and I can't do anything. I went to Starbucks, got me a coffee, and, you know, had my headphones in, and I was just, you know, working. And uh, a man came in. Uh, I thought he was on the phone, um, but he wasn't on the phone. This is actually kind of perfect what we're talking about. He was talking to himself. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was talking to himself. He was really agitated, angry. Um, he kind of yelled at the, the lady at the, behind the counter about something. And I didn't, I couldn't quite understand. He was actually, I was sitting by the window and he was sitting like right, kind of, he was looking directly at me. That's where he was sitting. Um, you know, and so I kind of, he could see my headphones on, so he could kind of tell like, okay, I'm not listening. Um, so if he's talking to me, 
I can't hear anything. And right, right. Hopefully, he doesn't freak out and think someone's ignoring him. I did take out one of my earbuds because I was trying to listen into what was going on. And it was amazing uh, because God really did something at that moment. Wow. Um, so while he was, you know, kind of spazzing out and talking to himself, I just prayed. I was like, um, God, I don't know what's going on with this guy, but I just pray you would give him peace right now. If you yeah. just cover him with peace and it got, if you want me to do something, can you make it, make me feel safe? Cause I don't know if he might hit me in the face. I don't know. Right. <laughs> so like, God, if this is a appointment that you want, um, you, you have to let me know it's safe. And so suddenly he came and looked at me and started talking to me. He said, do I look, do I look stressed to you? I'm like, no, I mean, yeah, you look stressed. You look stressed. Okay. I, I just, I just want, I just want God to just help me. I, I just need prayer. And wow. I was like, oh, okay, I guess that's my, <laughs> that's my cue. You're like, wow, that was real obvious. God, thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. Cause I don't know. And so I was like, okay, well, I think I feel safe. And I'm like, Hey, you know, I can pray for you. He's like, okay, please, please pray for me. Please pray for me. Um, and so I'm like, I can pray right now. He goes, okay. Yeah. So we weren't that close. So I just prayed out loud. Um, the God would give him peace, like I was saying before, and, you know, common spirit and everything. And um, and he kept talking to me. Um, and then I just, you know, this is about mental, you know, we're talking about mental health a little bit. Right. Yeah. And um, he confesses that he's dealing with OCD and he had to leave the house because he kept touching the the outlet plugs and because he couldn't stop touching it. Um, and, you know, I and. I had a friend who also was dealing with OCD. And so I kind of understand a little bit of it. And so it was just in time. And um, I went over and I told him like, Hey, you know, it's okay that, you know, I, I understand when you're, what you're dealing with, it seems like you're struggling with trying to be perfect. And guess what? You don't have to be perfect. It's okay yeah, that go. you don't, you know, whatever you feel about these plugs that not touching it, it's okay. If you don't touch it. It's okay if, if you don't touch it and something bad happens. What's what's the worst that can happen? And so we kept talking and I told him like, you know, he kept asking me like, am I good? Am I doing good? I want to be a good person. I'm a good person, aren't I? Uh, and um, I was like, I think you're good. But you know, the Bible says that no one is good but God. So uh, even if you're not good, it's okay. None of us is. <laughs> yep, yep. He walked right into that. Okay, God. Yeah, it was wonderful. I don't really have moments like this very often. So it was really cool. Um, and he just kept confirmed, just kept asking if he was good. He was good. And I was like, no, you're doing good. You're doing really good. The fact that you left your house because of all the stress that's going on about the plugs. I think that you're, you left here. And after, you know, we prayed one more time and prayed for more peace. And he felt better. Uh, I was shocked. He felt good. He said he's having a good day and he left. <laughs> wow. You know, isn't it so interesting how like when we avail ourselves for like just being a vessel of God that he has like these divine appointments, right? Yeah, that was, that was, that was a divine appointment, like for sure. Cause I'm like, um, <laughs> a lady came up to me after the lady behind the, you know, the, who was doing the Starbucks, you know, drinks and everything. She came up to me, asked me if I was okay. And I was like, no, I'm fine. I'm good. Um, you know, and I told, I just kind of confessed to her. Like, I just feel like God wanted me to, I prayed and I asked God if I can, if he wanted me to help make me feel safe. He did. And he started asking for prayer and I prayed for him. And, you know, it seemed like he's just struggling with perfection. He has OCD and yeah. And we prayed. And so she was like, oh, okay. And so I, it was cool. Cause, uh, you know, the people behind the desk were probably kind of scared because this guy might 
spaz yeah, out. Don't know what he's gonna do. Yeah, and then they can kind of see, okay, this person's not afraid. She's praying over her. And that was just God because um, if I didn't have God. I don't know. I, uh, a, I, I was actually thinking about leaving. I was like, maybe I should leave. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, he's talking to himself. I I think I should leave. But then I had to remember who I was. And, right, yeah, adjust your crown. <laughs> yeah, and I also needed God to also, like, make sure I, th- this is for me. Is this my divine appointment? Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. I love, love that. That is, uh, I mean, honestly, that you leaned into trauma, right? Because pretty I much, mean, I mean, I know in the city that I lived in last, there's a high homeless rate. And oh my word, the moment I see one that's 50 feet away, I'm scrambling to my car in the building like I'm avoiding, right? It's, yeah. That can be scary. Or um, someone that just looks a little off the racker or their mental health is just in a really scary place that I, our tendency as humans is to avoid. But really, yeah. Christ shows us that we're supposed to lean into it and love and ask good questions and, you know, yeah. show them the way to healing. And that's exactly well, what he did. I love well, that. back in the old days, they would just take you and wrap you up and send you to the crazy house. Exactly. And, you know, I think that we need to be, I think there needs to be you know, I think people have been trying to find the answer for the mental health crisis we're going through. And after yeah. I spoke with him, I realized, like, I think the answer might be just education for the people, everybody else, that when we yeah. run into somebody like that, how to handle it. And honestly, I feel like the whole, I, it might be dangerous for other people to do that, unless you're like a professional or you have the Holy Spirit. If yeah. you have the Holy Spirit, I feel like God can come through. Um, but I think I think education for people just like, and the funny thing was, this guy wasn't even homeless. I thought he was homeless. The lady behind the bar thought he was homeless. <laughs> and uh, he drove off in a pretty decent car. <laughs> he just really was struggling. I mean, you never know. Even the, like, oppression people can go through. And it's just mm-hmm. so sad because they're like, how do I get out from underneath this? And if someone like yourself doesn't come along and say, hey, I have a solution for that, they can be stuck in that for so many years. And it gets worse. And it gets exhausting. Oh, yeah. yeah, and people are scared. They're kind of scared of that. You don't want to put, especially when you're a woman, you don't want, and he's a man. He was like maybe in his 40s. You know, I'm a woman, so it's kind of dangerous kind of putting yourself out there. But because um, you just don't know what people are going through. And that's why it's so important to like be prayed up about stuff and yep. just yeah. to make sure you're in a good headspace. And, you, you know, I said something that even offended him a little bit. <laughs> But, you know, it all worked out. I just told him, like, you know what, sometimes, and I, I'm a very blunt person, so sometimes I say things that are very blunt, and maybe I mean something else. I'm I like, sometimes it. it's okay to be selfish. Sometimes it's okay to take care of yourself. And, and he's like, selfish, selfish? I don't want to be selfish. No, no, I'm okay. Um, <laughs> self-care. You know what self-care means? He's like, yeah. I'm like, it's okay to practice self-care. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I still had grace. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I love it. God covered you. It's okay. That's where the Holy Spirit comes and just, you know, yeah, balances everything out. I love it. Well, l- jumping right into, I feel like this is a good way to jump into our conversation. You, I mean, you help people with, you know, mental health and, um, you know, fighting depression and, and suicide and you're an author and you are just, you do so many amazing things, but I got to imagine you went through your own struggle or your own, you know, quote unquote hell in order to become a healer of other people, right? Because I always say hurt people hurt people, but healed people healed other people. So walk us through Patricia your story, because I don't know a lot about you. I just heard amazing things. 
walk us through like how you got to where you are today to help other people. So thank you for asking about um, like how my story, how I got to this place, but um, really started just one thing led to another. I mean, like when I was younger uh, in my teen years, I struggled with depression a lot. Um, and then, and it was really more of um, not being able to fit in. Um, you're in high school and middle school. Uh, I was very childlike and I wanted to stay childlike. Um, and everybody around me seemed to be growing up and ready to like move on and get boyfriends and do all those things. And I just really wasn't interested. So I spent a lot of my teen years by myself because I did not want to go to parties. I didn't, I grew up in a Christian home, but it was very, maybe um, very, they don't, you know, it wasn't Christian, but it was, it was more of like, uh, kind of like very, yeah, we go to church on Sundays and like a lot of the stuff that people did didn't line up with what the Bible said. Yep. So it was just like a cultural Christian. Yes. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, we went to, we did, we did go to church every Sunday though, because my mom loved church. She loved like the aesthetics of church, but (laughs) she didn't really probably care too much about all the other stuff, but she, she, she really just loved just church by itself yep, i get that yeah and so um and so i did reach out to god i didn't really honestly believe the things in the bible but i did believe who god was and you know i just didn't i just feel like all beliefs were kind of the same thing and, and you yeah. don't have to have any specific belief um but i did spend those times alone um i, I still had like a, a strong moral compass and so that was i felt like that was just very natural um but being alone and not trying to fit in because I just couldn't bring myself to do everything everybody else was doing. I, I spent a lot of times alone and yeah. it was very dark and I didn't want to live at some point. Um, I think it was like, I was 14. I was crying like every single day wow. when I was 14, every day. I would just lock myself in the bathroom and just cry out in the dark. And I ran, I went to my mom one day and I told her like, Hey, um, I think I'm depressed. And I, I think that was the first time I ever said those words. And she's like, you're yeah. not depressed. You know, you're, wow. you're, you're, you didn't go through anything in your life. There's nothing for you to be depressed. But I was like, oh, okay. Um, I guess she's right. <laughs> so I right. just went back yeah. to my room. <laughs> I wasn't offended. I was like, I guess she's right. Um, but uh, by the grace of God, you know, as I got older, I, that kind of started to lift off of me. And it was actually around the time I started getting closer to God because I started seeking who he was. Um, and I had my um, encounter with him by myself in my living room after after watching Narnia, Narnia which honestly, the Chronicles of Narnia is a... Uh, the greatest fictitious work of all time. Yeah, it was my huge inspiration for even writing my book, to be honest. Wow. I never read the book, Chronicles of Narnia, um, but watching that movie and just realizing, like, God was behind all of that. I was right. really the amazed. The so many like, wow. one-liners from Aslan, I'm like, that is so powerful. Wow. Yeah. And so uh, the day I got saved, I just, before that, that had happened, I mean, I was questioning God. Um, I was seeking, I was questioning God, but I, I, at the same time, I was seeking God. Um, and I was telling myself I should be open to everything. And then the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and this is before I was even saved. He told me like, okay, if you can be open to everything, so you should still be open to me. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'm not open if I'm not open to like Christianity. So I should, I'll be open to everything. I also keep Christianity in mind. I got led right back into, you know, Christianity. Um, and the first time I ever heard 
someone actually talking about they can hear from God. I never heard that before. Yeah. Um, I had gone to, an, I was going to a new church and a, I was at the Bible study. I was the only young person at the Bible study. So I was probably like 18. Everybody else was probably in their thirties. And, um, and you know, and he said, you know, sometimes I hear the Lord's voice and, uh, and, I, and, you know, that's why Z I'm like, wait, you hear God's voice. What? Right. <laughs> I'm like, I've never heard of this only in the Bible. Um, and he said, yeah, if you want to hear God's voice, it's the easiest way you can do is like read the Bible. You can hear him from that way. You can hear him other yep. ways, but the easiest way is just read your Bible. Cause it's living. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, cool. I, I, I took it serious. I felt like God was going to talk to me. I love okay. That. Like he was going to tell me something. So I just had it in the back of my mind. Like one day I'm going to just open the Bible and ask God to talk to me. And so one day I was just finishing watching Narnia crying. Like, Oh, such a good movie. Uh, and I was like, you know what? This is a perfect time to talk to God. So I went around the house, looked for a Bible, found one, opened the Bible to like this page. And it's like the only verse my mom like taught me, um, you know, the, uh, um, the 23rd song. The Lord's my shepherd, yep. I shall not want. Yeah. Um, that was the only, you know, and the Lord's prayer, I knew that one too. And so I started reading that. I had asked God, like, hey, what do you want me to do with my life? And this is like when I'm like slowly getting out of depression because now I'm now I'm an adult, I'm free. Uh I'm not, you know, in this place where I, you know, I can't I don't have control over my life. I feel like you know, the sky's the limit now. Yeah. Um and I just asked God, what do you want me to do? And I read the twenty uh third song. And just on like the second line, I started tearing up because I had yeah. read it in a way I had never read it before. Yes. It just entered me differently. I love <laughs> and so that. that was my encounter with God now. <laughs> and I it pretty that. much God just told me, don't worry about it. And that literally blew me away. Cause I'm like, God literally just talked to me. I didn't know he could do that. Yes, God is relational. What? And so yeah, after that, after that, I, I dedicated my time to God and um I joined this missionary group called Friendships in Louisiana. Mm. Um, and they are a missionary group. I mentioned in my bio that it's a humanitarian aid because I want people to be open. Uh, but yeah. it was a missionary group. And what they do is, or what they do, they, uh, whenever there's a tornado, hurricane, or any type of disaster, um, they would pack up their ships. All their donations will go to those locations, fits up the areas, um, and we will partner with the local churches. Yeah. And they would do all the ministering and we would do all like the the heavy lifting and the food stuff. And we would just be the background to bring the people in. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, I did that when I was 21 or 22. Yeah, 22. Um, and that place really changed my life because, you know, that was my first time like actually serving people. And I was there for a year. And it was an adventure because I got to live on a ship and I got to like travel to Honduras um and most of the time i was in louisiana we were just doing you know outreach um yeah. and it was a great time um and when i came back to columbus um i kind of was you know very happy that god used me but i was looking for like what am i supposed to do next right. um right. and in those times i got married met my husband who's from pakistan and um who's a christian too uh, which that's a whole nother story. He comes from, you know, whenever you tell people, I tell people I'm married to a Pakistani, they think that he's um, a Muslim and, you know, and I had to convert and I have to wear a burqa and all that stuff. Oh my word. But, yeah, that's uh, a that's whole not, culture shock. Yeah. Uh, he actually comes from like a, a generation, uh, three generations of Christians. So his grandfather is Christian. Wow. His mother is Christian. His whole village is Christian. So it's like thousands of people that he's related to. Um, 
who grew up uh christian and um you know the, i don't know if you know about the voice in the martyrs yes yep yeah i was really into that can you still hear me yes i can okay i was really into the voice in the martyrs um and so you know meeting somebody like him I, it was like oh, my heroes right. wow you guys just oh. suffer for christ every day <laughs> um so yeah uh, i met him we got married um and you know i later learned they, they're just like us you know <laughs> they're not no more special they're not any more special than we are right um, yeah and um yeah, when we got married, he um he found uh there's this organization called um uh it's for human trafficking for teenage girls here in Columbus, Ohio. I know you're in Michigan. Um it's called Grace Haven and it's for helping human trafficking teenagers. And so he uh heard about it and he knew how passionate I was about that. I've been passionate about it since I heard about it when I was like probably eighteen, right around the time I got saved. Um and so I joined the group. Uh, and I became a um, house, um, I guess, like a house mentor uh, okay. for the girls. Oh, like an RA. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I uh, was there for almost two years. Um, the ages from like 12 to 18-year-old girls. Um, yeah. I think we could hold like about maybe five. It's like four to eight girls in the house. And... <laughs> It was a really crazy time, and I learned so much because obviously we got girls who were dealing with a lot of trauma. Yeah, um, oh, yeah, it's yeah. A lot of trauma people in one house. I'm sure a lot can happen. Yeah, it was like the bad girls club. Oh, my <laughs> like, I love it. Yeah, if you ever saw that, that's what it was. It was like that with teenagers, um, and um, you know, but they're still kids. Uh, I later started to learn like a lot of the trauma they dealt with wasn't necessarily. A lot of it was with the trafficking, but it would happen before the trafficking. Um, mm, a lot of yeah, the family they had. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so um, I spent a lot of time there working with them. Um, and uh, when I was done with that, um, I got a job working in another mental well, I did. I honestly, I got a new job, and it was because of the work I did with the girls. I was able to get this job working um, at a, um, a mental health facility. Uh, it's like a nonprofit to help people who can't access mental health oh, okay. um, resources. Like so, like even homeless people, homeless people, poor people, they would have like their own. Um, uh, I can't remember the name of it. Caseworker. They would have their own caseworker. Okay, yeah, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, they would have their own caseworker, and the caseworker would come pick them up until, you know, so they can have their medications and, you know, talk with the therapist. So, yeah, my life is kind of like, I feel like, it, so getting into a lot of these things and um, helping people, I think it just pretty much started with me taking that first step of, like, wanting God to use me. Yeah. And then it just became this pattern of, like, this is where God keeps leading me in this specific place. I love that. I mean, and that's how God works, right? How he... Like he gives us all these opportunities and sometimes in the moment it's like, this is kind of random, but okay, I'm here for the ride. And then, you know, five, 10 years down the road, you look back and you're like, oh, that's why I went through that. It was to prepare me, right? Absolutely. It's like a pattern. And I, and I always tell people, whenever you want to look at your purpose, 
a kind of start first look at who you were as a child because that tells you a lot like what what the type of stuff you like and what you're into and then also just start looking at the patterns in your life what stuff that you not you, you didn't even try to do you didn't try like i didn't try to marry a foreigner i didn't try to get into mental health um but if you start seeing those things are kind of attracting to you that you know those things keep coming to you that's probably has a lot to, more than likely that has something to do with your purpose yeah i love it so i wanted to ask so this real estate company where you help people um i guess get affordable housing walk us through what what that looks like that's incredible i feel like that's there's such a need for that yeah so it was this is another god story and um, we're still in the very beginnings of it so after we got married, me and my husband, um, in 2000, you know, we were looking for a place to stay because we had an apartment. Um, and, you know, we were kind of getting tired of paying rent. I'm like, I'm looking at how much co it costs for mortgage. I'm like, it could just, it's cheaper to just buy oh, a house. Like, why are girl, we? I used to have a house. It's like a, a quarter of the cost. Yeah. I'm like, we need to just buy a house. Like, I'm done with this rent stuff. I'm making somebody else rich. Like, what's going on? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So we um, decided we are going to buy a house. Um, I went online to, you know, I, was, I think it was Redfin. I went online um, and I think I was there. We got approved, um, which was great because my husband, my husband is like a little genius. I don't know. He he knows how to make people's credit like good really quick. And he, ha he had only come to the country like um, since we got married. We He was living in Pakistan. So he became like this like credit expert that people at his job come to for help. And I'm like, how? Word. Yeah, this doesn't make sense. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and so he was able to help, able to help me with my credit. I thought I was helping him, but he actually made my credit better. So that's. I love it. Yeah, that's kind of his gifting. Um. Um. So yeah, we were looking for a house. Um. At the very bottom of Redfin, we found this house, and I'm like, ooh, this is pretty. I'm looking for something you know, cute and old, um, that has character. Um, and I see this at the bottom of the page and I'm looking and I'm like, okay, it doesn't have pictures on the inside. It just shows a house and then it showed another house and then it showed me like a bird's eye view and it kind of showed like these three boxes. I'm like, does this have three houses on it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, okay. So that's what my husband, he's like, yes, he's like very business minded. So he's not, yeah, you, you give him an idea. He's going for it. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we reached out. We found out, like, yeah, this is three houses. It wasn't, it was, like, the price, I mean, compared to today, it's literally nothing. Um, it was a really, really good deal. Um, I think it was even cheaper than a house. That, it was, like, one, it was just one house. It's just, like, kind of in, like, the inner city. So that's probably yeah. why it's a little bit cheaper. And the houses are, like, 100 years old, so. Yeah. So we were able to get the house. Um and it had people renting two people was already renting the other two um and then we lived in the main house um right and the rent what they were paying was already very low um and we wanted to kind of keep it that way uh because we wanted the one of the person was kind of disabled um and another person living in the house was um also like a entrepreneur um okay. and we wanted to be able to make money from it but we wanted to be able to help people as, at the same time Yes. Um, and so my husband, one day we were like, you know what, maybe because we are losing money. Obviously we want to, if we, if we make rent too low, we, we won't be able to like take care of stuff. Exactly. We won't be able to take care of ourselves and we won't be able, if they have a problem, we don't want to, we don't want to have a, um, what do you call it? Uh, a slum. We don't want to be slum lords. Exactly. <laughs> 
you know, but we, you know, that's kind of why things cost money because you need money to fix it. And exactly. so he got the idea that, like, well, why don't we just be a nonprofit? I'm sure we can like do this. And ugh, my husband, I'm sorry, he has like some gift of business, but gift of something. He was that. able to like, and it's supposed to have been like really impossible, really hard to be a nonprofit, but he knows somebody who knew somebody. He was able to like launch that to some, and, and we were able, we got approved to be a nonprofit just for what we're doing right now. And so, wow. yeah, now we're a nonprofit. We're able to keep rent low. We can, and, um, we can uh, spend the money to uh, extra money to, you know, do more for other people because we're not paying the taxes for it. And so right. now we're able to go and expand and now we can get um, donations to in the future. We're hoping to start doing apartment complexes. I love it. Wow. And there is such a need. I mean, just in and of itself, that housing is so expensive. You know how many people like they could be successful if they had that extra helping hand. A helping mm-hmm. hand goes a long way. Yeah, that, that, and that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to, you know, I wanted to create a space because uh, although we have people who have Section 8, uh, I wanted to create a space for, like, the people who are just um, above being approved for that. Yeah. Uh, and I guess it's what the wealth gap is. It's, like, the people who are in this middle, it's, like, they can't get the help from the government because they're making just enough money, but it's very difficult to try to get out of this, like, middle area and so I wanted to dedicate that to those people because that's where I was for a long time it's like sometimes yeah. you just need a little hand yeah no it's so. true it's true I love that and you just don't even know how many people you probably impact and I just uh, just walking in your calling I love that yeah I have some questions um we can just kind of bang through some listeners sent in a few questions for you um the first one's kind of a fun one but i'm also kind of curious myself what is your favorite pakistani food to make oh so my favorite pakistani food is going to it's going to be the one i'm the best at (laughs) okay what is that so it is um i don't know if it has a specific name but i just call it it's just goat i guess you could call it goat curry let's just call it goat curry uh they just call it goat It's goat meat? Yeah, I make goat. I, I will go to like my local African store or my local Asian store, get an actual goat leg. <laughs> that is wild. Yeah, uh, have them cut it up for me and I turn it into like, it's pretty much like a stew. A lot of the Pakistani foods, they're like a stew and you eat it with naan. That's pretty much what the yeah. foods are. So is goat, is it really gamey? It's uh, depends on how you cook it. It's it's. Okay. I mean, it's like cooking. I think it's similar to like if you had to cook um, what do you call it? A steak. If you're like making like a ro- like a roast beef, um, it could be nice and tender. It's just I think you got to cook it slow, and it's it, okay. and it starts making its own water, its own juice. And yeah, honestly, yeah. the reason why I like cooking it because I hate cooking, and if I forget about it, it starts getting really good. Because it's, Ooh, it starts to boil. It starts to, you put it on low, more water starts coming. And as long as you don't forget about it too long, it starts getting really good. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, I I will let you know when I'm going to try making some goat. I'll call you up. <laughs> okay. All right. The next question our listener sent in is, what are the top three tips to get through the depressive seasons of life? So... I think that I think we're all figuring those things out because you know we don't. <laughs> right. um, day so by day. for 
Yeah, I think for me, um, as I'm becoming getting older, um, I think what's been really working for me because I think a lot of times we think that if you're a Christian, you don't struggle with depression, and um, and I think a lot of times Christians won't talk about that because they don't want to look like they don't have God. Yep. yep um, so true. Yeah, but there's, I mean, there's a thing called seasonal depression. So even if you do have God, there, there's literally a thing in the, if you don't get enough sun, you will get depressed and you get the same symptoms as everybody else not wanting to be alive and all that stuff. So, um, so my tips, I feel like, um, just dealing, I honestly, like in this season, a lot of times people are getting like depressed because of the holiday because of not um, having family or whatever, I honestly think you should just lean into the season, lean into like these mm. things that you hate and yeah, and good. just be cheesy. Just be cheesy. <laughs> be cheesy and take it in. And like, you know what? Give me a pumpkin spice latte. You know what? Okay. Give me yes. that. And you know what? These leaves, I love them. They're beautiful. I'm going to look at them. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to take them in. I'm not going to let this season, I'm, I'm going to take in the things that, all these people who are so happy and so cheerful, I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to just yeah. embrace it and, and make it mine. Well, I mean, and that's a biblical like way of handling it. Even if you think about the Psalms, like how much David is acknowledging the nature around him, like the heavens declare like mm. your glory. You know what I'm saying? Like nature in and of itself, just like, you know what, this situation sucks, but look at all the beauty and amazing little things around me that you can enjoy. That's like you just encapsulate, like go get a pumpkin spice latte, the leaves. That's just enjoying the little gifts God gives us, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, some people might say like, oh, I can't afford a pumpkin spice latte. People can afford it. Um, then just go get something else. Go get something you can't afford. Um, and you can afford to go for a walk and go outside. And it's yeah. kind of difficult because um, once you're in that depressive state, it's really hard to think about those things it's kind of like you kind of have to get prepared before it happens uh especially if you know that you're the type of person who can get in those that place and i'm the type yeah. of person that can get in those so it's more like preparing and making my environment cozy um decorating my house i feel like that helps a lot um yeah in the summertime when i'm actually happy because i struggle with seasonal depression I, you know, I'm getting my walls painted, and once once the season hits, and one of that, I have like beautiful things in my house. I love it. So it it does it. help me with that. Um, and I know things can get really, really dark and really almost hopeless. And in those times, I don't really think those things can help. Yeah. Um, but um, getting around good people, getting around positive people, yes. getting around they might be annoying. <laughs> But it's finding your community, right? Yes. It, they Honestly, being around people who are happy and, you know, especially when I start to learn that like, their stories are worse than mine. They've gone through way worse things. And you're yeah. around them. They choose happiness. They choose to be happy. It really put things in perspective. And you're like, you know what? If they can be happy and they've gone through, like, way worse things I've ever gone through, I can do that, too. I can be happy, yes. too. Yes. Yeah. And you need community for that. And that's, I mean, if you think about it, I always think about, um, like, in regards to community, the part where Aaron and Miriam are holding up Moses' arms. I'm like, yo, we sometimes struggle and we need some people to hold us up. But it, the same goes for them because just when we're low and they're high, the days that it come with, they're super low and we're super high. And we're yeah. going to hold their arms up, right? That's, that's yep. why we need community. Yeah. Um, and I th the thing is about church, 
and I think Christians are very lucky because we weekly have a um, meeting every week. <laughs> right. You know, we're true. meeting up. And if you're really good at church, you're doing it several times a week. Right. Um, <laughs> you too, baby. Yeah. And so we, we're very blessed to have that ongoing community um, that a lot of times, the, a lot of times people in the world don't really get that. They have to, you know, because sometimes your friends, you know, people get married and your life starts to change and all your friends are like grown up, they've moved away, but there's always like this community that's always there. And, um, and, you know, and sometimes I know it's hard for people to kind of fit in, in these places, but, you know, joining a ministry, um, getting involved. And that's how, that's the best way to make friends in church is like yes. getting involved in sure. ministry, just going to yeah. church isn't good enough. Cause <laughs> yes. you do have to get involved. Yeah. Uh, okay. Next question. Um, so obviously you're an author. Okay. What's your yeah. book about? Yeah, so Where the Stars Hide, it is a young adult um, dystopian fantasy. Um, back when I was uh, in friendships, uh, I came up with this idea, and it, a lot of different things happened. Like I said, C.S. Lewis is like a big inspiration. Um, but it's about a girl who lives in a, um enclosed world. Um, people don't even know the world. There's an outside world, but she lives in this world where people do not believe stars exist. Stars do exist, but the light pollution is so bad that, and the lights are always on in the city that um, you can't see the stars anymore. Yeah. Um, and so they've become a legend. Uh, her grandfather is a scientist, and he just believes they're real because of the legends and the stories about it. He can't prove it, but he knows it's real. And his granddaughter um, pretty much grew up believing that. And so when she goes to school, she's being seen as like a, you know, a little bit insane like why are you talking about stars and right uh you know it, and the reason why I, I came up with that um I remember being uh in my early 20s I do a lot of like research and uh on YouTube at the time there was like a lot of debate amongst Christians and atheists it was really good times to be honest oh I remember uh, those days yes <laughs> yeah it would be like um uh like like Bill Nye the science guy versus like um, yeah, it was, it was even before yeah. Bill Nye. It was before Bill Nye. This was like oh, before really? YouTube, before people start getting paid to be on YouTube. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, this was a long time ago. This is like um, all these like, I guess they're kind of big YouTubers now. Um, uh, but like uh, Ray Comfort will be like debating oh, yeah, with yeah. like debating with a guy named like um, I don't know like uh, the Amazing Atheist or something like that. Yeah. Okay, I remember. Yep. Yeah, and so there would be a lot of discussions on that. And one of the things I kept hearing from the atheists, they would say, "You know what? Teaching about God is child abuse." <laughs> and it was so shocking to hear that. And so that's where I kind of came up with the star thing because in in this world, teaching about stars is child abuse. And so I I wanted to kind of show this thing, um, you know, something that's and you know you kind of hear people say things like that. Um, it's something that seems like very simple and normal, not a bad thing that they consider it like you're abusing someone for yeah. teaching them that. And yeah. so I wanted to make that a reflection on something we absolutely know is true. Like we know stars exist. Could you imagine if somebody said teaching it was abuse to children? Right. Yeah. So that was kind of my inspiration. One, one of, I had like a whole bunch of them. So um, yeah, pretty much that's kind of the premise of it. Um, she eventually leaves, realize stars are real. Um, and she struggles with pretty much going back into her city and 
having this new truth and going right. and telling people like, hey, this is the truth or, or even trying to believe in herself. Maybe she doesn't even, you know, she doesn't even believe her own eyes. Yeah. So. Wow. Well, for those listening, I will be sure to include that uh, link to get the book in the description so you can go buy this book because yeah. it's amazing. I need to go read it. This I love it. Yeah, I've been getting really good reviews. I've gotten a few Yay. reviews from it. It's been the highlight of my week. I got I like it. my first two reviews. Yeah, and they've been really good. So I'm always shocked to when people I read it, it and they tell me nice things. I love it. Um, we're coming to a close here. What would you say, uh, Patricia, are like two or three of your most influential books, podcast speakers? And it could be revolved around like what you just love. It can be revolving around like depression or whatever. What would you recommend? Um, I mean, Joyce Myers is like a, you know, it's not really podcast, but she, she, she's someone oh, I always go up. to. Yeah, she, she's one thing. I'll just go, if I'm like feeling down, I'll just look up Joyce Myers. Just like, okay, well, God, what do you want to teach me through her? Yeah. Um, and she's like an old school one. Like I remember hearing her back My when I was like, to that all, why I grew up, I grew up listening to Joyce Meyer. Me too. Like, what I remember, like getting ready for like elementary school, and my mom would be having her stuff played in the background. Yeah, um, classic. Um, uh, I listen to a lot of politics things, so I would not suggest that. No politics. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah, I listen to a lot of politics. So I would not suggest listening to politics because that that can really drain you. Um, Is it because you love it, or you're trying to think of things to talk about on your blog? Um, uh, it's, it's just, uh, uh, interest for me. Okay. <laughs> it's not even for my blog. It's like what I like to consume. It's just, yeah. I just like to know. I, that's my whole thing. I just like to know everything. I'd like to know everything. Um, whether it's too much information or, you know, that's just my thing. Yeah. Um, for my blogs, um, Honestly, when I do my own blogs, I, I really just go by whatever I'm insp- inspired with at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely need to have like a routine where I'm like always doing things. Um, but my blogs mostly cons- um, consist mostly around obviously like mental health and um, also uh, doing movie reviews, things I find like wow. very inspiring. Okay. Um, so yeah, but mostly Joyce Meyer. Um, I don't really, I can't really think of anybody else. No, you're good. That, that's that's fine. You don't have to think of three. It was, one is sufficient. And Joyce Meyer is a yeah. one. So, um, what is a closing thought or encouragement you want to leave with the listeners? Um. So, yeah, I think um, a closing thought, I think authenticity is very important and i know our generation is craving authenticity um and as you're like god is not afraid of our authenticity he already knows who we are we don't have to be fake with god we don't have to be fake with other people um we can literally just be ourselves and if people are afraid of it or don't like it they'll get over it (laughs) yeah i love that I love yeah, that. and um, at the same time, also be careful about who you, you don't have to be that authentic. Sometimes you have to save your authenticity for the right people. Ooh, do not yes. do not toss your pearls onto swine. Yes, that's good. That's good. Where can listeners find like your your blog, your website? What's your Instagram handle? Yeah, um, so my website is patriciaguzar.com. Um, you can also find me on YouTube, uh, Write the Truth. Um, if you type my name in Patricia Guzar will come up and 
my handle on Instagram is Patricia Guzar. <laughs> all right. Amazing. Again, for those listening, I will include all of those and her handle in the description below so you can look her up and give her a follow because she's amazing. Uh, Patricia, thanks so much for just joining me today, sharing your story, sharing your heart, and you were very authentic, which I appreciate. Um, thank you so much. Thank you, Shamber. I'm, I'm really uh, grateful that you have me on. Yeah. And thanks for those of you listening today. It's been great. Again, my name is Shamber and it's been a pleasure spending this time with you today. Be sure to give the podcast a follow so you can stay up to date with future episodes. And remember, friends, all of you is welcome here.